0: welcome to a voice in the distance ministries it's good to have you as always wherever you are and wherever you're listening from and uh, today we're going to be in exodus chapter 19 and we're finally getting to that point to where Moses is uh, going to be meeting God right there on mount Sinai but you know before that happened uh, Moses had uh, uh, had a meeting with his father-in-law in the previous chapter and in that previous chapter i titled that one choosing people god's way and I, I'd like to think that that title was fitting because the the advice that was given to Moses from his father-in-law Jethro was exactly that. You were to choose the people to be with you in, in, in God's way, in, in God's advice by God's hand. And so when I was reading what what his father-in-law Jethro had told him, I thought to myself, It's like, well, how often, how often have we made the mistakes of doing the opposite of such? You know, we've been... Um, dealing with all the wrong people in all the wrong places over the years, or whatever the case may be. And we've seen where people that we have dealt with in, in ways that, uh, that have been a blessing to us, we know that that was by God's hand. But again, you know, there's there's standards to be had. And and God gives us those standards through His Word and through prayer. And, and by those standards, we're getting to that. We're getting to those standards coming verse 19 and verse 20. and Because the people never had the standards before. They're under the Egyptian rule of slavery. They did what they were told. They were, they, they lived a life of suffering. But, you know, they didn't really know any different. For hundreds of years, you know, they were enslaved. And, um, now they're freed. So now they have to, now they have to start over. But this is a good start. As much as they might not think it is, it's a good start to a good beginning for them. And so, if you have your Bible again, we'll be in chapter 19. But what, uh, but what Moses' father-in-law told him, he instructed him to teach them the statutes and the laws of God and and better yet show them the way in which they must walk, show them in what they must do. you know we have a um one of my favorite verses which I've used as a uh, as a mission statement, if you will, is in James chapter one to be doers of the word, not just hearers of it and that's what Jethro's kind of given here, right. He says that to, to select from all the people able men such as, such as those who fear God, men of truth, having co- uh, uh, hating covetousness, okay and, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, ruler of, rulers of hundreds. Let them judge the people, okay and, and let those people be the one. So it says that Moses chose the able men out of Israel and made them heads over the people because Moses couldn't do it himself. Moses had two million people there, okay? And he was, he was probably going to burn himself out. And, and Jethro had seen that when, he, when he'd met up with him. He was just like, what are you doing? You, you, you're going to, you're going to uh, do yourself a disservice. <laughs> and Moses took his, his advice. And he was just like, you know, he's probably right. I'm feeling the effects of it. I mean, I know people, pastors that, um, you know, they have churches with maybe 500 people. they got a pretty decent staff. You know, Moses was doing this all by himself. So if you, are a, if you have a church with a good amount of congregation there, you, you know the importance of of the right people. you know the importance of having the right amount of people and more importantly the right godly people doing the work of the Lord. so within that let 's take a look here at what God has to say. Jethro had some godly advice, now we're going to uh, we 're going to see the meeting here at the mount. And if you have your Bible in chapter 19, I'm going to be starting off in verses 1 through 5. It says, In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out from the land of Egypt, so three months now, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they had departed from Rephidim to come to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness, so Israel camped there before the mountain. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him in the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you out uh, uh, brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will uh, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. You know, all over the Bible God has said the same thing to many people. But especially to the leaders of Israel and, and to the nation of Israel. If you heed my voice and, and obey my commands, keep my covenant, blessings, you know, blessings will be yours. And, and before the time of Moses and, and the delivery from Egypt, we have Abraham who made his way to the land and where Moses and the people were coming to. A covenant was set with Abraham as the father of many nations, the father of Israel, de- descendants beyond count. And God made true in his covenant, as he always does. Because the plan was to build the nation into a holy place, right? A a kingdom of priests. And and the time is now in this book of Exodus, okay? Looking at the neighboring countries around Israel and and within time when others traveled to other nations in the New Testament, they got to see the corruption and the darkness. Now, Israel had its fair share of dark days, but God and his covenant stayed. Okay, bringing the light back to the nation as he designed. So why why did God choose them as a nation, many ask? Well, because he did. <laughs> and I will not debate or refute him because no one will win. See, God created every place. And by his grace and mercy, God loves everyone. He wants everyone and receives everyone who wants and receives him. Israel was the model. It was the lit torch of the area that people were to observe from the darkness of the other nations. Okay, verse 5 is the focus. This is God speaking to Moses directly. And that is why there is a a fixation all throughout the Bible within hundreds of years apart. Okay, God said the same thing to different people. No one could get together or or compare notes. No kings, prophets, or priests uh, that, that this was told to and this was all told to in different eras and places and yet we see it throughout the bible god is to be worshiped because we see that he makes promises to people that cannot keep promises but yet god knows that in our downfalls Uh, but he still requires us to stay the course we have we have to notice that god did say in verse five that if you will obey my voice or if, if you keep my covenant Not when you do these things in perfection, because he knows our capabilities and our faults. But he made known that he prefers obedience over that of sacrifice. Because sacrifice was always due to messing up somewhere. But yet God delivered them on the wings of an eagle, he said, right? God will deliver anyone, no matter what race, what nationality they come from, because when we receive him, we are of him now. Because faith is also grown in testing and trials. We see that God allowed things to happen for the sake of growth, for the sake of trust, and for for us to call upon Him in faith that God will take care of us. I love the saying I heard once, that that God does not promise smooth rides, but He will promise a safe destination. And as always, I, I love to make known that there was just that throughout the years of biblical accounts. I don't know one person, right? I don't know one person who doesn't want to live a trial-free life. <laughs> I don't know one person who has never faced a trial. Now, the ones who I have met that have faced many trials and were delivered were some of the most strongest and effective uh, people that God ever used. So in that, let's take another look here. As we're going to look at verse 6 through 11 and see what else comes uh, comes to hand. As It says, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded him. And then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in the thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak to you and believe you forever." So Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. And then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. And let, uh, let them wash their clothes. And let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. So it says a kingdom of priests a whole, and a holy nation being told by the creator of all things. Now that's quite a title. And better yet, more so of a task and responsibility, one that, one that would rise and fall through the years throughout the nation. Because the Bible has some of the most interesting accounts of Israel's existence as a nation. I don't know of any other place that has had such uh, the amount of wars and attacks as they have over the years, both biblically and after in their historical accounts. But a- a- as we see that little nation... That little nation still stands, and that would be by the promise of God. Now, the Lord being holy, righteous, and just never allowed them to get away with sin, but God still preserved them even though, uh, even through the disciplinary uh, times. Now, as of now, they're being consecrated. And we look at the term consecrated, and it's a way of uh, preparation, right? Physically and spiritually. How do we prepare to meet God? right they they would be meeting God through the form of a cloud and and would hear his voice in person now it's amazing how people act when someone important is coming to visit you right the preparation of things that are done around the house yet yeah, this is what Moses is doing for the most important meeting the Israelites will ever have i I myself you know uh, Experiencing what I just mentioned, I would witness houses being cleaned from top to bottom. Right, the the dinner is better than ever, uh, than any other night. You know, the the plans of entertainment is over the top for these guests of honor, if you will. But you know, come come over on any other night, unexpected, so you can see what regular what a regular day is like, right? In in the same in the same sense, we are to wash ourselves before the presence of God and to give Him the utmost attention. Uh, many over the years who do not know God or really do not want to know God have said, "Well, how can a loving God send someone to eternal punishment? But yet no one asks the right question. And that question is, is how uh, of how can someone think they can stand before God in premeditated, unrepentant acts of vileness? I think that is a more fitting question than anything. But n- notice how... I said unrepented, because by this consecrating, it was to be a part of the process. It was the process to purge the sin, to repent of all the things before entering the presence of God. And that will one day be a task of the priests that that, that are later assembled. See, let me give you an example. If, If we've done wrong to somebody, say a family member we haven't spoken to in years... And we did something that was bad, and we know we did. Do we just come to them and, and expect, uh, expect to, be, to be the same way and to do the same thing and think that we're going to be okay with them? Absolutely not. A, a true heart will 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 be uh, apologetic towards whatever it was that was done. And and if you've experienced that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But yet, you know, we don't give the same reverence when it comes to God, but, you know, we'll give the reverence or the understanding when it comes to the other uh, friend or family member that we've wronged somewhere down the line. And when somebody comes to you and, and, and apologizes for anything that was ever done in truth and in sincerity, we're normally pretty quick to say, I'm glad to have you back. That's what God does. He does the same exact thing, but the reverence towards him isn't quite the same. We give a little more reverence towards the other people. And the problem is, is the other people will do us wrong again somewhere down the line at times. You know, we pray that it doesn't, but our our, our ability to to mess up just allows us to do that. You know, but, but even today, you know, when we come into worship of God, when we are in the sanctuary of our churches, in, in collective worship, do we set aside the cares of the day? are we focusing on others around us wow you know they sound good or wow they're off key so so often we become distracted and and God is looking for undivided attention we forget that he gives it to us even though we may not think he does but if we're if we're not in the right place with God if there is sin or debauchery he will not bear such things we know that uh, there was a man dear to me uh who is with the lord He's been with the Lord some years now, and he taught me years ago that he always repents before prayer of the things, whether done, uh, whether something was done or done in thought, because of the reverence that he had in regards to God and that of prayer. And I think, man, may we have the, the, that still, because he is the same God now as, as he was then, right? Never changing, everlasting, holy and perfect, yet loving and forgiving, Grace and mercy above and, and love beyond measure. And how, how could we not want that or recognize those attributes? If we were to look at God in, 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 in the way that the Bible has described him, which is basically the, the, the most accurate form of a diary anyone could read. So let's continue to take a look at verses uh, 12 to 19 to see what else happens here. As It says, Now you shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow. Whether man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain." So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people and they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not come near your, do not come near your wives. And and then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that they were, there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and the sound of the trumpet was very loud. So that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God to meet with God and they and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it like in fire. It, it, its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. You know the, the presence of God on earth is fearful. The, the trumpet was the form of the invitation, and, and with it came lightning, thunder, and a, and a thick cloud. Right, and so the, the holy presence of God made it to where no one could touch the mountain and actually live. Uh, nothing, not even cattle, could make it if they touched it. But you know we're we're we are blessed as we can approach the throne of God where we are through prayer. Now, this event was obviously uh, something as a select few got to be there to witness the voice, the clouds, the thunder. But, you know, today God was still operates in, in, in the way he did then. You know, you, uh, we hear his voice inside of us. I, I will always remember hearing uh, once in a sermon, um, just to give us an understanding of, of, of God and in his presence. You know, uh, he said in a sermon once when the pastor had a toddler, when his child was a toddler, and as he would stand above him on the floor, there was a fear because of his size. But when, when he sat down on the floor with him, the, the fear and the intimidation wasn't quite as bad because the child would play and interact with him now. Now, God is beyond anyone or any presence, but yet he still wants to come down and interact with us. Moses sanctified the people. He washed their clothes in the preparation of his arrival. He said, do not have any relations with your spouse because, again, purity in his presence was first. And may we still prepare ourselves for that. But, the, you know, the trumpet was blown and the people came near the base of the mountain to witness his voice. And years ago, years ago, I did a funeral. And it was a, it was a pretty large funeral. And after the service, uh, uh, we all met at a house for a dinner celebration now, th- by that time, I had changed out of my suit, because I don't normally wear suits. Uh, but I had changed out of my suit, and uh, this young lady came up to me, and she asked me if I was the pastor who did the service, and I said yes. And she asked me if I could pray for her boyfriend's mom, who wasn't doing too well in, in her health. And I said, well, yes, of course, give me her name, and I will, I will keep her in prayer. And then she walked away, but then a few seconds later, she came back to me, and she had asked me for prayer. Uh, she was six months pregnant. And she was 20 years old with her sixth child to be. <laughs> and I was, I was, uh, I was amazed by that. But she told me, she said that there was a chance that she could lose this baby as she was six months pregnant at 20 years old with her sixth child to be born. Uh, I told her, I said, let's, let's pray right now. I was just in shock. I just said, let's pray right now for everything. And then she latched on to me like a child. (laughs) I said, well, hold on, sweetheart, we're going to be approaching the throne of God here. And I said to her after that, after I prayed with her, I said, I'll continue to pray for her. But God wants to hear from you as well directly. We all must listen for the trumpet. And now, to my understanding, I heard that the baby made it. Praise God. But again, are we listening for the call? Because there's going to be another trumpet sounding for us today, as this is being preached in 2019. Are we ready for that? Are we ready for the sound of the other trumpet to be played when, when God's calling? See, God came in the form of a cloud, but we're, we're going to meet him in the clouds when the sound of the trumpet is sounded again from heaven. And preparation of this day is equally important because some of us will witness the return of the Lord, and, and that is what I myself am hoping for. But just as then, as, as He is now, God is holy, God is good all the time, and we should feel beyond blessed and privileged to be in His presence. Now, let's go ahead and take a look and see what happens next as we uh, look at verse 20 to 25. Now, I just to, just to explain what I do here, I, I, I really truly enjoy... um. Teaching chapters, depending on the size of them as a whole. Uh, I know some people like to give uh, verses and focus on ver- uh, on verses and stuff, and I do that from time to time. Uh, but I've had a lot of people tell me that they've never really gotten a whole understanding of a chapter in its in a whole, which is why I try to teach a whole chapter. Uh, verse by verse. So that way you, we get a, an understanding of each chapter uh, to follow along a little easier. I hope that does work for you. Um, but from time to time I do like to do verses as well to focus on. But uh, again, I like to focus more on the chapters uh, in each segment, if you will. So that way we get an understanding of, of what has happened in each chapter in, in a nutshell. But in verse 20 to 25 it says... Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to gaze at the Lord, and many of them perish. And, and let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. But Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, Set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it. And then the Lord said to him, Away! Away! Get down and then and then come up, you and Aaron with you. But do not let the priest and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and spoke to them. What was it about Moses that he could come up, but not the others? Right, that's the question. Well, God chose him and consecrated him as Moses commanded the people to do. God chose Moses and Aaron, who was his brother, as all are in the same fashion, uh, right? We're all in the same fashion, but in this fashion, it was the beginning of the standard bearing, which is why uh, God, uh, God chose Moses and Aaron. See, the people were a chosen nation to be led out of Egypt into the promised land. But during their time in Egypt, their knowledge, their worship and relationship with God was unknown to us over a few hundred years after the passing of Joseph and Israel and the the twelve sons of the tribes of Israel. This was the preparation process for the people to know God. To know God and His commands, His heart, His mind. Because He will reveal Himself to the people at Sinai first and And then, for the world to know, because we have the story of the account in our existence and, and looking at this, we see the vision of God that he he's you know we see this vision of God and he segregates himself and and whatever uh whatever whatever have you right he just segregates himself from the people, but we have to remember that that was not the case in the beginning of time see before the fall of mankind. God used to walk with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He would personally come down and be with them. Now, I wish we could have seen that, but but that was, um, uh, but that was said in the book of Genesis. Now, as soon as they disobeyed his one command and allowed Satan to deceive them, it defiled all of mankind. And all the problems we see and the things we complain about when we watch the news or the things we witness in the world in our neighborhoods was due to that from the very beginning of time. And God would not come down in person again because he he will not dwell with the things of sin. See, the people did not understand the nature. They didn't understand the purity and holiness of God. And that is why the stern warning was given, do not let them come near, because it was for their own protection, because it was their defiled nature, or whatever they have done, whatever they've done or thought. Anything of that would be an end. See, we could not handle his presence on earth. And and God told Moses that, he'll tell Moses that later on in a few chapters ahead. Now, many say, many might say, but he's God, he can do whatever he wants. Why couldn't he do that or do it now? Well, because he chooses not to. And I'll say this, he knows best and I will trust him and not question him in, in, in those what's and why's. Because he created the universe. It says that he named every star outside of our modern findings. Even, even that alone is more than enough for me. But, see, he had a plan in order. One who would come and is a, one who would come and is son of Christ Jesus who could dwell amongst the people. And one who died and rose again so that there was a way to come to the Father. A way to be in heaven for all of eternity. See, I have an appreciation for all. For all who desire to read the Bible in its entirety. Because it shows that we want to know the Lord and His ways. See, but more importantly, God appreciates it because we want to know what it is that He wants and who He is. The things done and the things yet to come, right? There, there's a reason this book is still the highest sold book of all time. But, but in the teaching and preaching of God's word, th- there was a reason for all of this, and it is to lead you and I into His presence for all eternity. See, we call it the Bible, right? We have the if we could spell it, out, spell it out: B-I-B-L-E, <laughs> Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. And and I tell you, those are precious times. Precious times while we're here. And I hope you enjoy our time together, if you're a listener. it is Again, it is my absolute joy to be doing this for the Lord and for all of you. But the greatest thing that any of us can do is to introduce one another to the Father. Well, and I have a question. Would you like to do that now, if He has spoken to you to receive Him? Because he wants, he wants a relationship with you and I. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross. That's why he came down to meet the people in Sinai. But we have a short time left here on earth. And as the time goes on, we want to make sure we don't miss the boat. And, and that is the boat that everyone wants to be on, right? <laughs> Who doesn't want to go to heaven? Now, well, he gives us the choice. Unfortunately, I think there are a lot of people who don't want to go because they don't believe. And he gives us that that choice. He never forces anything upon anybody. But for those who do want it, for those who do believe, for those who have been spoken to by his Spirit, I want to give you the option right now to, to go ahead and to say this prayer with me as I want to introduce you to him and that you might have that relationship with him securing your place in heaven. So if you would be willing, say this prayer after me. Dear God, please forgive me. Please forgive me of all of my sins as I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. And Lord, that I, I confess, Lord, that I have sinned against you, Father, Lord. But Lord, I want to receive you now as my Father. I want to receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I want to thank you for dying on the cross, Lord. I want to thank you for coming and teaching us. As Lord, as I receive you now, as my Father, as my Lord and my Savior. And I ask that you will receive me as your child. As Lord, I love you and I praise you. And I receive you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, may God bless you and keep you as you uh, as you walk with Him. As if you have received Him in in this prayer, because again, I've always said He's been waiting for you, and He had an a time, uh, appointed time for you. So, I want to invite you again to follow along to continue to grow in Him. You know, every tree needs to be watered. Every tree needs to be living in light in order for it to grow and to survive. So. Let's do this together with him. And I pray that again that you will be blessed and watched over with your family and those around you. May God bless you.